Apple's Vision Pro started their pre-order sale and was sold out immediately. Still, this product might be problematic. It's Wednesday, January 24th, 2024, and this is episode 95 of Yay Space, the tech review. This is the place where you get the most important news from innovation, technology, and social media. I'm Tarek Madani Mamluk, and virtually by my side is Vincent Ermler. How are you today, Vincent? I'm really good. I don't have a Vision Pro yet, so I don't know. <laughs> Disappointed at this point, but um, yeah, uh, let's 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 see uh, if I can. Um, yeah, I think Vision Pro is a really difficult thing if you're just doing it by yourself. Not necessarily because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we want to go into this in this just a second, uh, but I think it's even more fun together. So maybe my mood will change as I try to convince you to order one. We'll <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, right now, everything is speculation. But let's take a look at what happened last weekend. And now, this. Engadget.com is reporting about the launch of Apple's pre-sale, and this is what you need to know. Apple sold approximately 160,000 to 180,000 Vision Pro headsets during the pre-order weekend. The Vision Pro headset is a niche product, not meant for average consumers, due to its high price and lack of mainstream apps. Initial high sales may be followed by a drop in demand, as the target audience consists of heavy users and hardcore fans. And Apple aims to generate and sustain demand for the Vision Pro before its global launch, rumored to be before the year's WWDC, and is promoting it through demo sessions at flagship stores. And there is even more uh, to the story, but first let's talk about this. I think this is super interesting because the first estimations about how the Vision Pro is going to be sold was about like, ah, yeah, 60,000 or 80,000. Now we are at 160,000 or 180,000. So it sounds like a huge, high, way higher boom that uh, it was uh, anticipated. But then Gadget.com still says it's very, very slow because if you compare these numbers to the pre-orders of iPhones, for example, you saw that the, the um, waiting time until you get your device did not go up as it does with the iPhone. So usually when you pre-order an iPhone, you have to wait for months. And here the numbers said something different. And so um, the, the question is, if the 180,000 people who already bought the Vision Pro, maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe those are the people who are going to buy it and that's it. No other sales. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think this is very possible. I think, I, I mean, we read the same article. And I think the article said that um, usually with an iPhone, it, usually it's next day delivery and then orders are getting in and it's 24 hours, then it's 28, uh, 48 hours, then it turns up to or 36 and ends around about a week. And for the Vision Pro, it's different. And I am, on the one hand, I'm thinking, yeah, this could be it necessarily, probably. However, I think when we look at this very weird launch that Apple did with the Vision Pro, with like only a few people trying it, no imagery of people wearing it. I don't know what about, I don't know your X uh, feed, but my X feed yet last week was filled with like a bunch of people wearing the Vision Pro and everybody's saying something like the first time anyone can take a picture wearing the Vision Pro and then also the gossip about this new head strap came out and that you can try both and I I think every both of them will be shipped in a box or you can select before something like that I don't know but um, so I think that looking at that launch I feel like Apple knew what they were getting into 
I think that those devices are sold out and they sold around about 150 to 200% of what the initial estimations were for how many would be sold when it went live, I think are are strong. And don't forget, like like looking at the iPad or looking at, I don't know, also other products that are not Apple, but I look at, I don't know, electric vehicles, look at Tesla. I think with more on the street, or in that case, more in your face, uh, quite literally, I think that um, the demand will go up. Also, what I think is, in at WWDC, Apple announced, last year announced the uh, the Apple Vision Pro, or it was right after or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was in summer, and then I think now um, WWDC is not that far away. I mean, when it's getting out, it's five months away. I think it's five months with Vision Pro, and then I think at WWDC, I think Apple will come out and bring the real deal. And I, I think one of the articles we shared was two, two grand, something like that is going to be the real new device, the non-pro yeah. vision, just the vision device. And I think, therefore, answering with a very long answer, uh, I think that um, Apple is on track for what they they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one problem is the high price point with $3,500 before taxes. So uh, you really have to be sure that you want to have that and you need to have the cash to actually buy it. The other problem that Apple is uh, having is something that um, I read on Bloomberg.com. So there, there was an article where they analyzed uh, the very difficult relationship that Apple has with third-party developers. And this was also the case on the uh, the uh, Apple Watch, for example, uh, where it is not really popular for third-party developers to actually go into this market and re- uh, build an app because uh, there are a lot of restrictions and it's really, really hard uh, to get um, the app then uh, to perform well. And the th- same thing um, happens now with the Apple um the, the Vision Pro. So, for example, there are uh, the usual very popular apps like Netflix and YouTube and Spotify where the third-party developers already said, uh, no, we are not going to build native apps for this new platform. On the one hand, because it's obviously a new, um, a new platform where you have new ways of interacting with uh, the user. Uh, so there's a lot of effort needed and it's very expensive to build this app for this, uh, this field. And the other uh, point is if nobody's going to, oh, and this is the claim, if nobody's going to buy this new device or only a handful of people, it's not worth it building native apps for that. And that's why uh, TheVerge.com is speculating that Safari is going to be the most valuable app on the Vision Pro because most of the things that you want to do, for example, play Spotify stuff or play YouTube videos, you are going to have to do in Safari as like a web app. And this is weird. This is something that I did not expect because uh, usually you open up this device or you expect to open up this device and have these native perfectly integrated experiences in there in a neat menu and you just jump into whatever Netflix and then uh, chill on your couch in uh, this virtual reality environment. Yeah. Yeah, But then again, I could also see Apple doing something like the Vision Pro as, you know, when when new gaming consoles are getting on, right? Like, so take the, I don't know, Series X or 
PS5, whatever. Okay, and then you have those dev kits that they're sending out. So, like, huge game developers, Activision or Bethesda, can, you know, adapt their stuff because they know there is a new fall coming out. I don't know, a new uh, scroll or whatever. And then, and what I can see, what I'm thinking is Apple did so few of a hype around Vision Pro that even though they're relying heavily on on developers to actually make the product attractive, also because it's a very hard niche to be in spatial computing, it's just really difficult apparently. Uh, what I'm thinking is that maybe the Vision Pro is more like a dev kit. I think the Vision Pro is more like we're attracting right now the heavy users as we discussed a, m a few or actually many times in this podcast. Um, we're attracting developers, making uh, advertising this tool heavily for people who are making apps, who are making services, and then uh, we're going to make the threshold as easy as possible to navigate. Like uh, I think one of the articles said that it's easy to in to migrate an iPad OS app to Vision OS, and yeah. I, I can see that. I can totally see that. So I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah, no. What, what do you want to say? Sorry. Yeah, I think this is exactly the problem because um, this was also my expectation when I heard um, the announcement of the three thousand five hundred dollar uh, device that this is going to be the dev kit for the developers to actually start building their stuff, so that when the real consumer version, the let's call it Apple Vision Pro Two or something like that, um, comes out, it will be filled with uh, so many uh, experiences and apps. Um, but I do not see this happening right now. If if it is true what um, what The Verge and Bloomberg are writing, then there won't be um, this big drive of um, of developers running into this device because obviously they are not believing that this is not going to be the next big thing. And maybe this is like a um, chicken and egg problem. <laughs> but usually Apple doesn't have that because the moment Apple releases a new device, everyone jumps onto it and believes that this is the, the next big thing. I don't know if that is true. I, I would argue that iPad launched with just a few iPad maxed out apps. Um, when Watch came out, you didn't have that many apps. Even with, Spot, uh, with AirPods, there is not that many apps doing 3D audio. I'm thinking that Apple is very used to delivering products that are that great, like as great as it gets, so that de developers have no other choice but go in there. And I think the problems that they're facing currently with big developer developing studios and big products that are that probably are hesitating to come on the platform, stuff like the ref share they have to pay for subscriptions that are done via Apple ID, for example, these kind of things are facing anywhere, everywhere. And I think eventually we'll need to find a policy, number one, and then, but they will find a policy for everything. And then number two, I think just, I mean, just knowing the Quest headsets um, and Microsoft's one, what I'm thinking is that Apple Vision Pro, without having tried it, but it sounds like everyone who tried it, it sounds like it's going to be that great and that of a game changer beside its weight. Its weight seems to be extremely heavy and horrible, but beyond that, uh, it sounds like the product that Apple's about to release in a few days from now is that great 
that customers will eventually get it. And then big studios have no other way but following them. Obviously, it can make it extremely difficult. It can make it extremely rough. I'm, I'm thinking that Netflix, if they really don't want to sell subscriptions via the app, they're just not going to do that, which obviously will hurt Apple's revenue as well. So I think it will level itself out. But I'm thinking since Apple has a few major publications on there, like Disney Plus uh, or their own service, Apple TV Plus, I think they will lead the way and show how great this can be. And then there is no other way for you to land a follow because users are going to be there. So the same yeah. with WhatsApp. Same with WhatsApp. WhatsApp, whatever. Yeah, that's what I want to say. And I have it, a few examples, however. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned one thing that is super interesting. Uh, you called this device a spatial computing device or spatial computing apps. Uh, and before that, I said VR device. And according to uh, up, uploadvr.com, um, there is actually a very strict policy in naming this stuff. And regarding this policy, I did it wrong. I call it VR. Apple strictly forbids their developers and everyone who is associated with this device to call it VR. It's, it's not allowed to be called VR. It's not allowed to be called AR. It's not allowed to be called mixed reality, MR or XR, extended reality. Everything is obsolete. It's not Vision Pro. Vision Pro is a spatial computing device. And I personally <laughs> celebrate this because spatial computing This term is not invented by Apple. <laughs> I think I, I told the story multiple times. Um, in 2019, there was the Magic Leap. And the Magic Leap was this thing. And they started saying, we are not a VR device or AR device. We are doing spatial computing. And then they did not really conquered the market as they intended to do and then came meta and meta said yeah we are now called uh, like meta and we are the metaverse and uh, we are doing spatial computing and they reinvented this word and claimed that yeah the the stuff that they are doing now this is spatial computing and even though those devices they are kind of popular and kind of uh, like the thing on the market but still even uh, the quest devices and the metaverse they did not really conquer the market. They are there, you can play with it, and you have some games and apps and nice, but it's not as uh, we expected seven years ago that we are not watching movies on the couch anymore. So th there was always this vision, yeah, and then the future we are going to read the news in like the room with spatial computing and everything will be spatial computing. And now Apple comes with their device, they invent <laughs> spatial computing and they have the next big thing and so of course apple is a trendsetter and we always said apple is going to set the date the birth mark of uh when vr <laughs> or spatial computing will take off because that they that's what they are doing but when i see this rough start of um of the vision pro i'm really curious curious uh, let, let's say um carefully curious or skeptical if this is actually the point where spatial computing is going to be birthed and we are going to start using this virtual reality in quotation marks uh, as it is supposed to be or as we expected it to be seven years ago. But I mean, I can't get over the fact that you're saying a rough start. I don't think this has a rough start. This is a product that in its base configuration starts at four grand including taxation and therefore i'm <laughs> i'm thinking doubling the, the the orders they were 
exceeding by a factor of one the expected orders that were coming in, I think is not a rough start. Uh, again, I think this is a developer kit. But I also like the fact that it's called spatial computing because I always, it always bucked me to call something VR or AR. And specifically, I mean, when you look at the Quest 3 or the Quest Pro, even though this wasn't a thing for long, um, <laughs> those devices are VR, right? Like, so Meta is defining their devices as VR, but they have pass-through. And I mean, not that good pass-through, but Quest 3 has a quite decent one because they it came out after um, Apple Vision Pro was announced. And um, therefore, this is dancing on the line with AR and VR. What specifically is it? And in the end, it is a computer. Um, yeah, it depends a bit on the vision. I, I'm buying in on that vision of Apple's that this is the next computer. So like the next PC is going to be the spatial computer. And therefore, I like spatial computing. I think it's a, I think it's a better, it's a more specific name on what it specifically does. And um, without, it's like saying PC or Mac, and kind of both are a computer, but they're different. They try to differentiate themselves, and I find that very interesting. So spatial computing, yeah, good term. Still, uh, what was it we talked about um, the last time? This the orange device. device, the rabbit, yeah. the rabbit, right? Um, and there, we, R1, the rabbit R1, and uh, someone referred to it as the iPhone moment, right? And right now, I'm thinking about this so called iPhone moment that we had in 2007, where a new era was born the era of the smartphone, and since then, everything changed. And I'm <laughs> and this is what I was hoping to see with the launch of the Vision Pro since the invention of virtual reality um, is this iPhone moment for VR or for spatial computing. And so my expectation, or this was what I was dreaming of, was that this device from Apple is lighter and smaller and cheaper and has like all of the apps uh, like the iPhone so that basically you can throw away your iPhone because this is the iPhone moment for spatial computing. You sit, you use your Apple glasses, you have all your apps natively on there. You don't need this brick in your pocket anymore. And this was the moment where everyone is going to buy this and use this and nobody's going to have an iPhone anymore or like a smartphone anymore. And of course, this is now dreaming. Yes, this is this has nothing to do with uh, the, the uh, reality and uh, we still have to wait for that. But this is where I was always thinking Apple is going to wait with their start into this market of spatial computing until they are there. When they are launching something, it will be so perfect because everything that Apple is launching is kind of perfect um, that, that we don't have to worry about if this is going to take on. And this is why I'm skeptical because all of these um, news articles that are reading right now, um, no question, this device will be super impressive. But the big thing that Apple is usually doing is this broad market penetration, this, this adoption from the broad audience that immediately turns the market into their favor. And this is what they usually do with when they launch tablets, when they launch uh, smartwatches and uh, the, the, the uh, iPhone. And I am not sure if this is going to happen with the spatial computing device. Yeah, but then... <laughs> I mean, remember the iPhone. It came out in 2007. It cost 
720 bucks back then, which would now be a thousand. So iPhone kind of stayed at the same price range. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot because most of the phones, Nokia phones, um, what else was there? Motorola, yeah, right. uh, LG, all Sony, these Siemens, yeah. Sony, all these kind of brands, right? All of them uh, brought phone, made phones that were a few, just a few hundred bucks. Yeah. So by then, this was exceeding the price range of a regular phone or what someone was ready to like willing to spend by at least double. So now, if I'm buying a really good headset, I'm willing to pay around about 1000 euro i think the quest starts at 600 and then like i would say i need apps and stuff so let's let's be generous and say 1000 when apple comes out this summer with a 2000 euro headset dollar headset whatever all right spatial computing device and it does all the things that you love and all the things that you do every day if you have an iphone which i think a lot of people do um I say they are just doing it all over again, and it worked out. iPad as well, Apple Watch as well. Now we all have one. I it's, yeah. Uh, I I want to believe. I want to believe in that. Uh, they really are sure in what they're doing. I want to yeah. believe that. Yeah. And then there's this one thing that we are not talking yet uh, about. Um, and this is something that Apple I was car. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I was always a VR enthusiast, and every time I try to explain to someone that VR is a is a technology that will be super important in the future, there was always this argument that um, no matter how awesome this technology is, it will always be a burden to put on something onto your face to do something, and innovation only works if it gives you more than it takes away and so the the big question for the future and i can't answer this right now is um, even if this headset will be amazing even if you are only have to pay uh, 500 dollars for it and all of the native apps are on there do you want to wear this thing if you want to watch a netflix movie because maybe you want to watch the next netflix movie on the side and use a second screen and it's easier to do this on the TV. Or if you want to use it during a conference call, maybe it is easier to have the conference call simply on your monitor. Maybe you don't want to have this thing in, on your face. And I personally, as an enthusiast, I would probably use the, the VR device. But in the past, we, we tried to use this for um, for conference calls, for example. We, we had the, the Pico VR device. We had virtual meet, meeting rooms. And we had, uh, during COVID, we, we had all of these uh, high-tech toys. And usually, the, the people, they said, yeah, no, let's just meet in Teams because it's just one click away. I don't want to boot up the device and open the app and put it onto my face and it's sweaty and it's 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 uh, hot outside and I want to wash dishes uh, during the conference call or something. So I just want to have it like on my phone next to me and something. And, and, and this is the big question that I still can't answer. If even if the device is perfect, if people want to use this or like the broad audience, if they really want to use something like this. But I think that the, the data set you're using to compare this is just really unfair because you're comparing MacBooks with silicon chips and Surface devices that are as thin as a book uh, and have an extremely delicate touchscreen. Peak 
peak technology uh, with something that has just been launched. What you have to compare the Vision Pro 2 is a compact mobile computer from the 80s. That's what you have to compare it to because <laughs> this is the first idea of a mobile computer. So actually, if you compare, this is like, yeah, yeah exactly like that. You have to take the first version of a completely new category, like the compact mobile one, and compare it to what the Vision Pro is. And then, and also, funnily enough, look back how much a computer did cost in the 80s, a mobile computer even, it, it was a, a few thousand grand. And putting this through inflation, I think you're around about the price of a Vision Pro. So I think you, what you're comparing it to is really unfair. However, I do see your point of, of us having both technologies at our hand currently. So we can still say, all right, we're gonna do that because it's just more convenient. However, then there's this question, I think we discussed it once in our, so there's a really good video out there. I um, can share it with you later. Uh, on, um, from MKHB, MKH, MKH, M -M -K, Jesus. MKHB <laughs> is not the MKBHD. BHD. Mar yeah, Marcus yeah. Brown. <laughs> and, you know, he, answer, he answers the question, it's really embarrassing. I watch his videos like, I don't know, all the time. Anyways, um, he answers the question of why do spatial computing devices are that big, but they can do a lot, and then you have small devices. I think the video came around, around about the time when this Ray-Bans, meta Ray-Bans came out, and then you have those devices, and they can do a lot, um, but they look like this. And so in the end, the question is, will they move more like next near to each other? Will they dominate or will they just blend into each other? I believe they will blend into each other. So I think that they will blend in as long until they're convenient. Because, I mean, yeah. what we definitely can see is that there is revenue potential. And as long as there is revenue potential, I, I know that companies will innovate there in that space. Yeah. And it's probably also going to be a generational thing because there will be people who simply do not want to adapt to this new user interface they want to right. stay with their phone exactly as even today we have people who do not want to work with their phone they want to work with their pc because it's they are used to it right uh but right. let's let's not talk about them <laughs> let's talk about the mass market and if apple is going to be able to penetrate this all right. Uh, yeah, super interesting. And uh, very soon we will be able to talk more about that when actual people at home when will When Tarek has one. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, I did not pre-order. But ah. yes, as soon as people are actually having their devices at home and uh, start sending out uh, like content uh, and actual review reviews from real uh, users, we will know more. I mean, soon we will know when when the launch in the next editions in the next markets of the vision pro is so i think currently it's us only and then after mm -hmm. it's going to be uk and a bunch of other countries and i'm right now i would also be willing to fly to the united states just to to test it out in the store um <laughs> but maybe apple will give us a bit of a a better insight in when this is coming to europe but wherever it's coming back next to europe you'll find me there I'll, yeah, I'll definitely yeah. check it out. But this is something that always feels like we are living in a developing country or something. Uh, if you 
dear uh, listener, if you don't know, know that, uh, we are sitting here in Germany. And back then, if I uh, if I am allowed to refer it uh, again, in 2019, <laughs> when I started developing software for the um, Magic Leap, I flew to California to the developer conference, bought this device there because it was not available in Germany, and put it. I actually bought a new suitcase <laughs> where this this device was. Uh, fitting in and uh, brought it back to Germany where it took like I think another two years um, or like one year or something until it was available on the market in, in Germany yeah so this is this is what we here in Germany have to do to get our hands on these uh, brand new devices so maybe uh, Vincent and I will do um, a road trip <laughs> Road yeah. trip, <laughs> road trip to California. Uh, air trip, and, yeah. And air trip, <laughs> yeah. And and grab one of those. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to Yay Space. That's it for today. Uh, if this was valuable for you, you should subscribe to us so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, stay awesome.